When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the white scorpion. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Sid to my sting. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? I have half the brain you have. Yeah. And you just shout everything to make it sound. Which means I'm in serious trouble. Good God. Well, you take a couple of months off from work every year to play softball, right? Naturally. Yeah, well, that's what every grown adult does. Softball. It's better than video games, I guess, but still, no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hey, can I get a couple of paid months off of work? Because, you know, I'm in a church softball tournament. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, a guy that looks like that. "Ah, I got to go play softball. Hey, really? Okay. Hey, are you 70? Or a teenage girl? Like, what, what the hell's going on here, man? Nah, I'm getting a letter. Anyway. It's 2023. You're getting a tweet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> What's a letter? No, they're going to send that letter in, in purple crayon. It'll be like, <laughs> but they're going to DM me. Yeah, they're going to DM me. Do you have a P.O. box I can send you something in? And then it's just going to be a, a letter in purple crayon. <laughs> <laughs> Then the first line says, well, actually, <sighs> anyway, but yeah, man, speaking of uh, olden days and sending letters, we're going all the way back to the year of my birth, 1990. So this event actually happened a month after I was born. So I, I might be making, old days. Yeah, I, I uh, might be making you feel old with that one. Uh, did you uh, watch, watch this? I did watch this live. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it w- I will say this, it wasn't like earth shattering or anything like that, but I thought this was a good show. Not a, maybe not an amazing show, but I thought it was a good show. It's not the worst show we've ever seen. No, especially out of WCW in this era. So we covered uh, great American bash. I don't know if, was there a pay-per-view between that? Did they have fall brawl back then? 90? I don't think so. I don't think it debuted till 93, 92, maybe. 
Yeah, something so. like that. Yeah, because they, they didn't have 12 pay-per-views yet. I think they only had four. Super Brawl, Great American Bash, this, and Starcade. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, I'm looking on Wikipedia right now. They had, okay, yeah, so they had... Wikipedia Springfield. Yes. Somebody had that. four events this year, uh, or five, excuse me, I can't number. Uh, there was Russell War 1990. Oh, which, I forgot about that one. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say, I'm sure a lot of people forgot about that one, so don't, the don't beat yourself up. Uh, let's see, WCW Russell War 1990. Yes, we have covered that one. I remember watching uh, it. Yeah, and then we did, let's see, I know we did, okay, we did Capital Combat that aired in May. You forget about that one, too? <laughs> I uh, did. I thought they only had four until 1994, I think. Nope, they squeezed in Wrestle War in February and Capital Combat in May. So they were trying this to get them in. Those were pay-per-views? Not yep. just specials? Nope, they were pay-per-views, aired on pay-per-view. And then uh, July 7th, they had Great American Bash, now in the archives, and Halloween Havoc is the one we're doing today. We have not done, to my knowledge, no, we have not done uh, Star. Oh, no, we have. We did do Starcade 90. Now looking at the archives. So this is the final pay-per-view of the year that we've never covered. How about that? If if you guys want a 1990 WCW retrospective, here you go, man. We are the pa- the podcast for you. And if you want that, what the hell's wrong with your brain? You know what, man? You, how you dare you? Go have you? a doctor take it out, fix it, and put it back in like they did Shibata. Exactly. Well, I, I don't I don't know what you're talking about, man. This was good quality stuff here, man. We had Capital Combat with RoboCop. This with the fake Sting. Starcade had the Black Scorpion. I What's not to love about this year, man? Shut the hell up. <laughs> good crap, pal. I'm telling you. WWF couldn't hold a candle to this. I'm telling you. They had nothing. Well, let me tell you, when you say crap, man, you said a mouthful. I'm trying to think. What the hell did, uh, the hell did Back WWE up, folks, even... I was trying to think. Yeah, WWE tried to... Or what they have to compete with. They had Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. <laughs> well, they I, lost. Well, to this day, Survivor Series is one of my all-time favorite events from 1990, but WrestleMania 6 was a one-match show, essentially. Royal Rumble was decent. SummerSlam, yeah. uh, was just just there. I don't remember anything about Royal Rumble 1990. I don't know. Um, Thank you. Prove my point. <laughs> yeah, it was just okay. So, uh, we did cover that one. It's now in the archives. So if you want to go listen to it, I just don't effing remember. <laughs> I, I okay. I kind of remember that one where they teased Hogan and Warrior going face to face in the Rumble. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I I do remember that one. That uh, is correct. Now, oh. You, are you trying to cue me up or something with yeah. that is correct? <laughs> anyway, as far as uh, funny, yeah. oh, yeah, uh, we have not covered SummerSlam from this year, though. So we'll have to go back and do that one eventually. And Survivor Series. Yeah, we, we haven't covered Survivor Series from that year. Uh, either. We do have that on the docket, I believe, right? Maybe. Uh, I think we're doing that in November. Well, damn, now you're making me look ahead. Uh, so yeah, we are covering that. That's right. That was the one you said you wanted to cover real bad. So uh, we are covering that one next month. So if if you I like the year, I cover. Hey, that's real bad. But if you if you all like the year nineteen ninety in wrestling, you know we'll we'll get you some more. And if you like it, what's wrong with you? I mean, there's a couple of good shows, but if you like that year, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I like nineteen ninety five. Well, I'm looking at the attendance numbers where WWF doubled and sometimes tripled the attendance numbers for their pay-per-views 
that NWA slash WCW was doing. That's kind of embarrassing, man. Like, I'm not going to lie. Yikes. But uh, they actually added a fifth pay-per-view technically in 1991, which is in the YouTube archives. It's this Tuesday in Texas. That was, I guess guess that aired on pay-per-view. It did. Just uh, about a week, not if that. uh, Uh, Eight days, I want to say. Something like that, yeah. So, I don't know. But either way, uh, we today are covering Halloween Havoc, which was always a pretty big event for WCW. They always treated it like a big thing. Better than this was, yeah. Uh, this was the during the era where people were like wearing costumes to the event. I can't remember when they finally stopped that. Was it was 94 the last time they did that? Or did they do I that? In I don't even remember. I know they didn't do it in 97. Uh, I don't think they did. So 94, 95 would be my guess. Yeah, because they didn't do it in 95. I knew that. But I can't remember if they stopped it or if if they were still doing it in 94 or not. But uh, I know in 93 they were. I feel like 93 was the last year that felt like, uh, uh, I don't know if you feel this way. There, It felt like there was like a distinct line between old WCW and new WCW. And I feel like that oh, yeah, line. Definitely. And I for, yeah. for WWE, it's definitely 95, 96. Yeah. I feel like there was just like a big red and yellow line cutting that off. <laughs> there was, you know, obviously a holdover of the old WCW style in some aspects in, when Hogan first got there, only because of... Yeah, Kevin Sullivan and uh, Dusty Rose are still there, so... Yeah, but it felt like uh, like a bad imitation of what WWF was doing more than old school WCW. So I don't know. It went through a lot of changes. There were some growing pains in 94, 95, 96. They really hit their stride, at least late 96. And it was off to the races from there, man. Well, I should say summer of 96. They were starting to hit their stride because they got the cruiserweights going. Rey Mysterio was there. And then the the NWO American Bash, which is now in the archives. Yeah. It was was good crap now. Yep. That was our second podcast ever. But uh, go check that out. Either way, uh, today, covering Halloween Havoc, and I'm excited to talk about it, actually. There, there's some stuff to get into, but... You know, <laughs> I'm like, well, where are you going with this? Yeah, there, there's some stuff to get into. It's, uh, it's, I'm excited to talk about okay. the crap my dog took when I took him for a walk. Oh, good lord. It was not bad. It was it not was great. A, it, wasn't, it wasn't phenomenal, but I don't know. I, I didn't hate watching this. I'll say that. I didn't even I will, know. I, I will say... Uh, I don't know if this was hacked up when it was put on Peacock or what, because there were a ton of matches. If you look on Wikipedia and every other review, there's like yeah, 10 I, matches. I watched, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dick Kick City. Um, oh, uh, Brian Zane. Brian Zane. Yeah, I watched his review of it. He said, said the same thing. So, yeah, we, we're missing, at least I'm missing some matches. I didn't go out of my way to look for those. I just went with what Peacock right. gave me. So. Well, you're not missing anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, for anybody I, I, re- <laughs> wrestling with regret. If anybody out there, and it's triple W wrestling with regret. He has a W to the beginning of everything. But so, I'm yeah, there, combat of him. yeah, it there was. I don't know. It was really weird because uh, I'm like, what happened? Did the the footage just get damaged or something? Not that the matches that were missing were like, oh my god, how did you not include? Uh, let's see. The Master so Blasters some, versus the Southern Boys. In some, <laughs> in some uh, I was looking it up, and I guess uh, tapes back in the, back then had it all. So I don't think it was the lost footage. So. Those you don't know what tape is it's called VHS. Go look that up too. Right. 
Yeah, because there's a big chunk. After the first match, there's a big chunk missing. There's Terry Taylor versus Bill Irwin. You know, the Red Rooster versus the Goon. Uh, there's well, that's not many men anywhere in the country. Why do they cut that? Well, exactly. Uh, there's Brad Armstrong versus J.W. Storm. The Master Blasters, which are... Who the hell's uh, that? Yeah, exactly. There's uh, the Master Blasters, which is Blade and Steel. No, who, no clue who Blade was. That sounds but... like two people off American Gladiators. <laughs> right. Oh, Blade was Al Green. Okay, if anybody knows that. And then Steel was Kevin Nash. Uh, one of them went on to success. The That's other one was Kevin Nash. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> uh, I feel like I knew on... I was coming and I just was ready to laugh. Yep. Uh, they took on the Southern Boys. And then uh, there was one match later on in the card. It was Junkyard Dog versus Moondog Rex that was cut. The dog well, a couple versus of dog. We've done now where they cut Junkyard Dog's match. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, from the reviews and the ratings I saw, uh, we should be thanking the good Lord above that that match yeah, was maybe. cut. Uh, no, he's Canadian. You can't get into heaven when you're Canadian. Okay, Excuse it's just me? the law. Canada's literally above us. What are you talking about? Yeah. It, and I didn't say that thing about. Getting into heaven's Canadians, by the way, not me. Look, they get up there, and as soon as the as soon as Saint Peter at the pearly gates hears a boot, he's like, "All right, get the hell out! You're you, go." Thank you for okay. welcoming me. Thank you for welcoming to heaven, God. A. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Who's God? Oh. A? <laughs> there a God B. <laughs> anyway, we're going but, to hell. Well, who wrestled yeah, Brad Armstrong? Just, just like Canadians. <laughs> oh, wow. Who was the uh, wrestler Brad Armstrong? I'm trying to get off uh, this right now before we get in trouble. J.W. Uh, J. Storm, it, uh, Jeffrey Warner, he's he's a former wrestler and boxer. So if you're going to look him up, he's he's nobody. I'm trying to see his face so I can see yeah, if I, ever I recognize him. Probably not. Uh, I mean, I'm looks looking like up. a couple of pictures. He looks like Mike Awesome, and then one he looks like Road Warrior Animal. Yeah, I don't okay, get I'm his look. Uh, uh, Big Juice Jeff Warner. Okay, so at one point, oh yeah, he had, well, I buy that. Yeah, well, at one point, wow. Yeah. Didn't even try to hide, huh? Right. Well, at one point, that means at one point he teamed with uh, Art Bar, who, for anybody that doesn't know, went by the name Beetlejuice for a while. I don't know how he got away with that, but whatever. There was Beetlejuice and Big Juice. American uh, little person? (laughs) No. Good God. You realize that we mentioned him on two straight shows? (laughs) He's the other one. I don't know how he got away with using that name, but, you know, whatever it is, what it is. Either way, uh, before we get into our first break here and then the news and notes, I would like to thank the sponsors of the podcast, Mahler Bros Golf. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. These polos are guaranteed to make you look better but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. I gotta ask, let's be honest, alright? Are your polos getting outdated and dingy? I know for a fact that mine are. I've wore them way too long and way too much. It's time to get new ones that'll make you stand out on the golf course. 
Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now that we're done with that, we're going to get into our first break. And on the other end of this, it's news and notes time. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now, back to the show. And we're back. And we're back! If you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well at Coffee Brand Coffee. Their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. 
That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code main event to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time. Well, real quick, you cracking something. Nice. Four o'clock somewhere, right? Is it a ZOA again? No, it's called 3D Energy. Never heard of that one. You know where I got it. (laughs) Yeah, the official store of, of the podcast, apparently, the Dollar Tree. I am drinking a strawberry watermelon prime energy. So not bad. I'm gonna try all their flavors. Uh, prime. I like that. I like that red, white, blue one. What's it? Um, like the old ice cream. The... Oh yeah, is that that prime have that? Yeah, that's the best one I think. Oh, huh. But anyway, uh, it's time to get into the news and notes. That is correct. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> oh yeah, it's classic. Well, well, there was some trimming of talent last week in the WWF, and everyone except for Coco Beware and Jimmy Snuka have now been confirmed. Added to that list, however, is Lanny Poffo, which has Randy Savage kind of pissed. Originally, the genius had survived the cuts due to Savage's influence, but then they changed their minds and decided to fire him after all. Pretty much everyone is being told that it's not really a firing, but rather they're being sent home without pay or employment for six months, at which point they'll likely be brought back when they expand their house show schedule again. you have a list of these people? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I'm going to look it up real quick. But yeah, I do like that, though, where it's like, look, we're not firing you. We're just sending you home, you know, without pay and without an actual contract for, you know, like half a year. But, you know, it's it's not a firing, though. It will be, though. Yeah. My thing is, like, the what concept, that, that's like when, uh, I, that, that must just be a WWF thing, because Bruce Pritchard talked about that when he was fired for two years, and Vince was like, God dang it, pal, you weren't fired, you were on hiatus. Like, pretty sure you told him you're fired, go home, we're not paying you anymore, but. How do you fire somebody when you say you don't give them jobs, you give them opportunities? Yeah. How do you get fired from opportunities? Well. No, he doesn't say he doesn't give them jobs. He said we don't give guarantees. So that's the difference. Damn, pal. That's that's Turner, not me. Okay, so I had to look a week in the past. So uh, the the three biggest names are Jim Neidhart, Greg Valentine, and Honky Tonk Man. Although Neidhart and Honky are being offered other positions within the company. Uh, I don't know what happens with Neidhart, but I know that Honky Tonk Man... Oh, he definitely comes back. He goes back and does the new foundation. Yeah. You know who got him his shot back? Uh, well, yeah, you know, the rhino, he's a, he's a big bastard. Yeah, he's uh, doing real good. Uh, maybe you got a spot for him, man, this big bastard. All that's to be believed, <laughs> like Bruce Prichard said. I have never, I don't think, I don't see the reason why it's not to be believed, but I've never seen anybody go to bat so hard for their son-in-law. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, man, he must. Uh, uh, let's, he would come back. Uh, who was the other one you said? Uh, let's see, the first one... Greg Valentine? The, yeah, Greg he Valentine. Would, he would come back at least for the Royal Rumble. Okay. Uh, uh, then, well, actually, 91, he, he'd leave because of a... I think it's because of the match at WrestleMania 7 with... Uh, was it Earthquake? He got pissed yeah. at squash off ass, I think that was it. Oh, he would come back okay. for the Royal Rumble 94, though. WrestleMania 7 is one we Honky would go to WCW, yet. you know how that ends, so... Yeah, I know he... I know he does pop up in WCW there for a minute, but I can't remember when. 
And he will come back and make the excellent character Rockabilly. Uh, well, that that's Honky Tonk. I'm talking Valentine. Uh, like uh, Valentine, I don't know. I can't remember when he pops Valentine up. Valentine would definitely be back at, at um, Sorority Series 93 as one of the knights. Okay. Uh, Honky Tonk Man, him, I he's around in the Bischoff era, so I, I don't know. Because Bischoff fired, and Bischoff's not in charge until 94. So he's not going now. I, I really don't know about him. But the other names on the chopping block include Jimmy Snuka, Jim Powers, gone, gone. Uh, Borzukov, uh, gone. Nik- Nikolai Volkov. Uh, they definitely bring him back. Right, yeah, he's there in 95. Uh, Black Bart. Uh, Who the hell was that? Black Bart? Is that Ron Bass? No, he teamed with Ron Bass. He kind of looks like Ron Bass. I think he's a little bigger. Uh, you'd have to look him up, but yeah, Black Bart, damn near same gimmick. So and then Pez well, going to be Black Bart. Yeah, you, you, you better be like that. <laughs> no, it, you know, it was false advertising. The dude's Caucasian. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, Pez. Can you Watley. imagine calling a black man Black Bart? Man, that would not go over well. <laughs> well, it depends on the era. Back in the day, right? If if you were bl- if you were black, your nickname had to emphasize that because you know we can't see that with our own eyes. But uh, Pez Watley, which was a name from the territory days, Pistol Pez, or was it Pistol Pez? What I can't remember. Anyway, I don't even know what you're talking about. That sounds right. So. Yeah, he he was. Uh, I think it was Pistol Pez Watley, but he was uh, from the Territory Days. So I'm assuming. I feel like he came. He was somewhere. I'm assuming he was a jobber, or he was a, a backstage guy, because I don't remember him. Like I don't think I ever emphasized him on TV. Uh, Jim wow, Brazel, not what I thought he was going to look like. Who <laughs> Pez Watley or yeah. Black? Oh, okay, uh, Jim Brunzel. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, Paul Diamond. Uh, uh that's time. that's that's Max Moon, the original one, right? So yeah, he's gone. Yeah, so he'd be back long enough to. Oh no, he's the second Max Moon. That's right. Yeah, he would be right. back. That's right. Uh, Coco Beware. He'll be back. Yeah, and Ron Garvin. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Oh no! What are they going to do without the ratings coming in for Ron Garvin? <laughs> I got like the general thing on him is, oh, everyone loved him, but man, the fans just didn't give a damn. <laughs> I've heard yeah. Fournette say that, I've heard Pritchard say that, and I think I heard players say that. <laughs> he was a great guy, but... Never drew a dime. Yeah, right? Legitimately... Despite the NWA champion, by the way. Right. Yeah, they said he was one of the lowest-drawing NWA champions of all time. Like, And the ratings just tanked when he was champ. So it was, that's sad. Uh, they also fired Blackjack Lanza and George Steele as road, road agents. We'll get into that, actually, here in a minute. Uh, the uh, Nightheart firing. Were, well, they would both be back in some form. Yeah. Very well, forgotten is uh, George Steele came back with the oddities. Now, that fantastic <laughs> yeah. group. Yeah, right. Uh, the Nightheart firing. Laugh, man, he fits. So. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. The Nightheart firing comes as the biggest shock since he's still half of the tag champions. But common belief is that they'll quickly drop the belts back to demolition so that LOD can get them at WrestleMania. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember the timeline for that. Oh, they, uh, okay. now they think about it, he wouldn't leave. They would lose the nasty boys WrestleMania. Yes. Well, in that case. <laughs> but anyway, uh, speaking of the, getting back to 
this news here. Speaking of guys who are gone, Rick Rude quit three weeks ago, and yet for some reason, he's still being advertised for all the house shows and TV in local papers. Cool. If you look at the fine prints, it clearly states. But are subject my, to change. It's still dirty as hell when somebody's quit like a month ago and you're like, yeah, they might still be there. Well, like, Bruce Fritcher, they send that stuff out weeks ahead of time and they can't just change it. Yeah. I, it, well, it depends on what the advert is. It like just a write up in the paper or is it like a full scale, like like a flyer? Because if it's a flyer, I get it. If it's a write up, that, that's quick to, you know, you can change that. But you also have to realize that these people writing this stuff usually may, may, might not be watching the product, so they don't know he's gone. Well, and the also, also the thing is it says uh, being advertised uh, on TV in local markets, too. So, like, they did voiceovers for stupid crap all the time. They couldn't quickly go in and cut that out? Like, that one, I, I mean, maybe. I, I really don't know. Well, it's not like they're advertising Hulk Hogan or something. It's Rick Rude. No offense. <laughs> wow. Well, from the Am WWE, I wrong? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it would all work out for Rude in the end. He went on to have a pretty good run in WCW. Maybe the, arguably the run of his career it, when uh, he goes back I don't to WCW. I argue about that. Yeah. Well, from the WWF perspective, until the angle where they suspend Rude on air, uh, he's still with the company. So he's fair game to, uh, to continue advertising on TV. I do understand that logic. Uh, the feeling is that he's got a year left on his contract and he'll blink first, so they'll just pretend like he's still around and he'll inevitably cave. However, well, yeah, from Root's perspective, sticking around would continue to devalue him as he falls down the card, but sitting out for a year means that he's suddenly the hottest free agent on the market. Although, John Studd had the same theory when he quit in 86, but then couldn't back it up in the ring when he returned. Okay. Look, like you just said, look, it's not like he's Hulk Hogan. It's John Studd. <laughs> You're comparing him to Rick Rude? Come on, man. He's famous for I, having a, a rivalry with Andre the Giant. Yeah, I realize... Who was, was the a, guy? Yeah, I realize he was over and he was a big dude, but it's not <laughs> like... And it's like yeah, come he, on, back, he was over. He was a barely mobile, big redneck. That was it. I, so what? It's not like... Oh, man, he was going to come out the gate just firing on all cylinders. Did you just describe him or Haystack's Calhoun? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. But it's like, dude, it's Rick Rude. He's still fairly young. He's in amazing shape. John Studd was old and out of shape and huge. When you're that big, your time is even more limited than most people. I don't know how. The, it's not. Again, it's not like he was putting on five-star classics or anybody gave a crap, but Big Show lasted way longer than anybody would have expected at that size. Oh, it's but, a big, uh, slow. This is what I mentioned earlier, by the way. To further update the firings, Blackjack Lanza will be shuffled to a new position in the company, and George Steele will remain as an agent, but one of the positions will be cut, and the agents will rotate instead. The vast majority of people on the death list... Feels like will, a mess. Right. ...will stick around through Survivor Series and then be free to go elsewhere. I don't know what things were like around this time. But you got to imagine, like, like I said, I was just born. I don't know what the hell the economy and everything looked like at this time, but I'm assuming uh, it was more like uh, not good. Believe me, not good. I mean, we were <laughs> in a war, a conflict, whatever the hell you want to call it. I like that. You know, they try to clean it up. But eh, look, it wasn't a war. It was a conflict. OK, uh, 
our conflict resolution involved uh, militaries and guns. Okay, it was you know, but it was a conflict. Conflict. That sounds like some fifth grade stuff. Yeah, right. For people that don't know what I'm referring to, if you don't know history, uh, it was Desert Storm during this time. So I, I'm assuming so, the okay. revisionist history doesn't tell you that was over before it even began. A couple of weeks. Yeah. Drew it out. I remember. uh, The only thing I remember, like, obviously, I don't remember it in person, but I like Dennis Leary, and he had this joke. He was like, uh, Desert Storm was the first time. He was like, that was the first, like, modern war where we had, like, cameras and crap, and, like, people were filming it, like, as it's happening. And I'm, like, sitting there on my couch just watching wall to wall coverage of this stuff all day. (laughs) Like, wow. Uh, They they haven't done the footage of them uh, shooting the. uh, Missiles in the Baghdad. Kind of crazy to put that on TV. Yeah, right. Uh, but either way, uh, stories of Bobby Heenan and Jake Roberts jumping to the competition are allegedly just people talking. It's true that Bobby Heenan talked with Jim Hurd. Oh. oh, well, eh, getting there. But, uh, <laughs> it's true that Bobby talked with Jim Hurd, but it was just a negotiating ploy to get Vince McMahon to give him a raise, and it worked. Brilliant. Uh, J- Say what? Brilliant. Yeah, right. Uh, that was kind of like, um, didn't Hogan do that? Or it was Hogan or Brett or one of them, or maybe both of them, where Vince was like, well, God dang it, pal, I can't sign you for that amount of money, but I'll let you tell Bischoff you're talking to me, so we'll give you a raise. Like, ah, that's um, mighty nice of you. I, I know I he... Know. I, know, I heard that story. I don't know who it was, though. I know that was a thing uh, when Hogan's contract came up sometime in, like, 98, I want to say. Or maybe 97? I think it was 97. Okay. And Bischoff said, he was like, yeah, I, I knew for a fact I wasn't losing him, but he let me know he was going to have a con- uh, like a conversation with Vince McMahon. I think that was the time when Vince got pissed at him because Hogan went into the contract knowing, I'm not going to sign with you. And Vince pretty much found that out and was like, well, what the hell are you wasting my time for? Which, I mean, from Vince's perspective... Uh, more money. Yeah. From Vince's perspective, I totally get being pissed off. It's like, Ah, so you're just using me for a negotiating tactic. Got it. Yeah, right. But either I way. mean, I can see the positive and negative of that. But yeah, right. But anyway, but Jake's contract is actually up, but his price was reportedly five hundred thousand dollars a year, and Heard pretty much laughed at him. And well, That's... the next guy would just rip up the contract completely. So. Yep. Well. <laughs> Was he, I mean, I don't know, in 1990, what the hell was, was he doing? Was he, do you think he was worth uh, a grand? What was he doing? 1990, I was going in post-WrestleMania 6. I don't think he was doing anything. I can't even think off the top of my head what the hell he was doing. Can you imagine him going in? Uh, oh, he was, he grand. Bad News Brown, I think. The Harlem oh, Screw Rats versus the Damien. So, yeah, that was the oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's half a million right there, right? Oh, hell yeah, man. 500 grand. You know, when uh, WCW is in not amazing shape right now. Like, oh, yeah, Jake the Snake's worth it. I'm a huge fan of his, but no. Yeah, no. J.J. <laughs> uh, Dillon and Akio Sato were in Japan on behalf of the WWF looking for, to make a deal for a Tokyo Dome show with either New Japan or Super World of Sports based on whoever is easier to work with and will cave into their money demands first. Well, if it was going to be in the Tokyo Dome, every match would have had to be five stars, right? Oh, yeah. It, or close to. Of course. Uh, they, they start out at three. They can only go up from there. So. Exactly. 
Uh, so that's probably going to be Super World of Sports who would cave. New Japan is looking to send a team to the U.S. for the Starcade 90 International Tag Title or er, Tag Tournament deal, bro. So that's another reason why they're probably not going to make a deal with the WWF. Yeah, they don't. I can't remember when it was. It was, I think it was 95, actually. 95 or 96. You remember when uh, Pritchard was talking about WWF did have a show over there? I think it was 95. I don't know if it was the Tokyo Dome per se, but it was somewhere over there. And he said it was Undertaker versus Hakushi. And for one night only, he uh, Bruce was the uh, the manager of Undertaker, but not his brother Love, just as himself. Also fun. Yeah. And he said uh, Hakushi was brought out to the ring like in a, in a casket, and they like dumped him out of the casket in the ring like he was a, a corpse. And then he like reanimated and had the match with Undertaker. The reanimated corpse. That's the Bucks referee. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, right. Is that idiot's name again? Uh, uh, Kushi? No, the young Bucks referee. Oh, uh, uh, Brent, Brent, Brendan Cutlet? Oh, that's well, their Cutler. idiot cameraman. No, you got it right. Oh, it's Cutlet. But, <sighs> I have no idea then. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, I gotta look it up now. Rick Knox. Oh, yeah. The reanimated corpse referee. <laughs> Good lord. Oh man, that one and uh, Officer Barbreeder, my absolute favorites, because I can totally see it. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, so I don't think any of this friggin' happens. But I don't know, I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. Well, actually, actually, on an October 15th house show in Hershey, Pennsylvania, Ultimate Warrior missed the show due to illness in the family, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, so the main event was changed to a cage match with Axe and Smash versus the Legion of Doom, which was the first and possibly only time that that match ever happened. Yeah, you know, it's just weird how that didn't have a a long run. You yeah, know what like, I find funny, by the way, I was thinking about that. You know, they always say that Demolition wasn't a ripoff of LOD. Yeah. Don't you find it a little funny that immediately when LOD came in, they kind of died off that Demolition? Yeah, right. Like, like not like right away, but like gradually over time. Like, I know well, uh, said... Axe was sick at Muscle, but Thrush became Kone Crush, and then Axe became Repo, or Smash became Repo Man. They were gone. So like, you can't tell me they were a ripoff, because they finally got the original thing. They didn't need the ripoff anymore, so. Well, I don't know. hard if... to argue that. I don't know if uh, Pritchard, yeah, because I don't know if it was Pritchard or Cornette, one of them, or somebody was saying that um, uh, Vince always wanted LOD. And they wouldn't sign with him. So, so he made his own. Yeah, he made he and you could see that for sure with powers of pain. That one is like they're not even trying to hide it with them. Had this had very similar. Are they just styles. like that in the AWA though? Uh yeah. In the AWA? Mm, I yeah. don't think so. Uh they were in WCW there for a bit, like when they were or NWA, whatever. Uh they because they were there at one point, they looked just freaking like the Road Warriors. I'm like, what the hell, man? But they had same tights, hairstyle, paint, everything. Like demolition, I could see it for sure. But it's like you know, there's plausible deniability. They're they're different. Yeah, the LED didn't wear S and M masks. Yeah, I don't know. I always loved uh, both teams growing up. So I don't know. Oh, I did how. too. It's just I, I'm not going to say it's deny that they didn't rip them off. Right. And Demolition was a huge team in WWF. I mean, they were the longest-running tag champions until uh, the New Day a few years ago. 
So I think they were the first uh, team to hold it like what two or three times, something like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it was, so they were a big deal. I don't understand what is with WWF. Like they're like, well, we have an obvious matchup that we can do here that everybody wants to see. Let's not do it. <laughs> I can think of three instances of that. <laughs> yeah, there was that one. There was uh, obviously Hogan and Flair, and I'm sure there's one in the modern era I'm missing. Um, oh well, there's Austin yeah. and Hogan. There was another yeah. one. Like how that not happen? Right. And don't get me wrong, The Rock's not a bad constellation prize at all, but right. Well, and that was the other one. Like the, the Rock is always the one. Like I realize Austin wasn't, um, you know, willing to wrestle at the time. But it's like, really, you never made Rock or uh, you never made Cena and Austin happen, ever. Come on, man. I don't get me wrong. I think you know what we got well, with we did KO get Cena and Austin great. this year WrestleMania. So we should have got that match one on one. I don't know. There were there were a lot of them okay. things where it's like you'll catch that in editing. It's one. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't get what you're talking about. Cena and Austin at Theory. WrestleMania. Oh, Austin. Okay. Austin Theory. Okay. I forgot his first name's Austin. <laughs> I, I flat out forgot that because they just called him Theory for so damn long. It wasn't really that long, actually. Uh, I got a couple more WWF stories here before we uh, move into WCW territory. But Brutus the f***ing Barber Beefcake plans to yes. come back. Plans to come back in early 1991 wearing a mask to protect his face and has grown out his hair and mustache to look like Hogan right now. Whoa! I'm sorry. Uh, Can we back that up for a second? You said he grew out his hair to look like Hogan. Yeah, Am I the only yeah. one that sees the fault in that? <laughs> yeah. It's like hair on his face you talking about? Because, uh, what? I can tell you he'd come back with a crazy as hell mullet and no facial hair. So. Right. And not ninety one, ninety three. Yeah, was he still gone at this time, or what? I think the accident just happened, and he didn't come back until ninety three. Mm-hmm. Damn! I mean, that was a major reconstructive surgery on his face, so I get it. But he geez. missed uh, two Summer Slams because I think of legit injuries. This was one of them, and both times he had to pull out of the IC title match. So. Wow. I mean, it's not like haha funny, but I just want it kind of funny that twice this happened to the poor dude. Yeah, it's an interesting fact. <laughs> well, hey, they made up for it. You know, he he got his Starcade main event as the Butcher. Oh, shut up! <laughs> Come on. Uh, last of funny, Eric Bischoff doesn't admit too many regrets, and that's one of his biggest ones. Why would you not? Reg- that doesn't even seem like hindsight being twenty twenty. That's a why the hell are you doing this now in the current era? Like. God. It works for him, brother. Yeah, it only it worked for two people and two people alone. Not one single person thought, I really want to order Starcade so I can see Brutus Beefcake in the main event. Evil I'll, Brutus I'll Beefcake. Say this, the buildup was really good. It's like I didn't see that turn coming. But yeah. Shouldn't have been paid off at the biggest well, we've established that, that even though it's like biggest name of the biggest show of the year name only, but I did, I don't I just don't understand. And it's like, for me, it was like, oh, my God, that's Brutus Beefcake. Like, oh, wow, that's shocking. I never would have expected to see that because who cares? Nobody cares about Brutus Beefcake, bro. <laughs> Legitimately. It's like, like, that's why it was shocking because it was like, uh, oh, uh, OK. That's like if, um, let's say, well, it's not going to be quite this bad, but let's say like, uh, uh 
Seth Rollins got jumped from behind by a masked man. It's like, oh my god, who who is that? And it's, oh, it's Mustafa Ali. Like, yeah, you know the right worst one you could have. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't see that coming because nobody would have thought, like, why? But I mean, this one is better. I'll give them that, but it still sucked. <sighs> Last story I got here. When I was a kid. I love that pool. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, but uh, this one would pay off. So there you go. I mean, Mark is supposed to get a super push and work with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Well, I mean, he went two years. Two? I thought it was no, ninety-one. He worked with Hogan. Oh yeah, I keep thinking it's ninety-two. No, but, no, yeah. But it's still no. a year off. Right. But they, I mean, they had to. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! He ain't even there yet. Yeah, well, that's why they're calling him Mean Mark. Because they, they know he's oh, coming. We were, just, we were just talking about Hogan and WCW. Sorry. My mind's everywhere. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what? Uh, but anyway, yeah. No, so he's he's coming. Oh, Lord, he coming. And uh, He wouldn't really do much after that, though. No, yeah. He, he had that. He came in. Took him a year to build him up. Had that feud with Hogan. Won the title. Dropped it a couple days later. Gone forever, bro. Nobody cares. <laughs> You know, I'm only halfway kidding on that, because he didn't really do much after that. He didn't really start heating up again until 96, give or take. God damn. Yeah, I mean... What are you, what are you talking again, about? He defended SummerSlam 94. <laughs> against himself. <laughs> I stand on what I just said. But yeah, he didn't really do much Very. in the first five years of his career, give or take. Think about it, his next yeah. title run when he beats the WrestleMania 13. Sucks. I always thought... I mean, he did stuff, but... I don't know. Nothing. Well, back to my point that unfortunately he was never the guy. Ever. Yep. I know. Oh, damn. I mean, I if people can say, well, when he was the champ, he was the guy. Like, no, he freaking was. I hate that argument. Well, if you have the belt, you're the guy. No, yeah, you're tell, not. Tell Jinder Mahal that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Jinder was the guy. No, he wasn't. I hate that freaking argument. People in the wrestling industry will tell you the same damn thing. How many uh, paper reasons to see him punk clothes? Yeah, that was my argument. I'm like, he held the, that title for like a year and a half or some crap. and Three calendar he, years straight. Yeah, he only closed a show if he was main eventing with John Cena. That's the rock. only time. Yeah, that's it. And so that goes to show you he was not the guy. John Cena would always close the show. Always. Whether or not he was a champion. That means he's the guy. And if it's once in a while you're trading off, okay. But and that's not a knock on him either, by the way. We're just pointing it out. Right. Oh, yeah, I am not crapping on uh, the Undertaker either. But I mean, it's just a fact. He was never the top dude that was drawing the money. He was a draw, but he wasn't like the top draw guy. <sighs> anyway, getting into uh, the WCW side of things here. Oh God. Jim, Jim Cornette continues to make friends. Who are all these fucking people? <laughs> what do you say uh, now? <laughs> Uh, oddly <laughs> enough, it wasn't his mouth that got him in trouble this time, but, uh... Who did he hit with his racket? Uh, yeah. Uh, good guess there. The Midnight Express were wrestling the Steiner Brothers at a show in Altoona. Don't ask me where that is. Uh, and a fan jumped the rail and started fighting with Bobby Eaton. Cornette, parts unknown. <laughs> Altoona, parts unknown, yeah. Uh, Cornette hit him right... In the face! In the face! <laughs> Sorry, he hit who in the face? 
uh, the fan who was uh, oh. fighting with uh, with Bobby Eaton. <laughs> but he hit him right in the face with the racket and busted his his face wide open. However, security didn't kick the guy out. Why? Did he kick out the victim? Don't know. <laughs> the guy who, who started the, who started the whole thing. I know. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he, he just went back and literally sat in his ringside seat, continuing to yell at the Midnight Express while his face is covered in blood. <laughs> like, what the okay. hell? Okay. A um, couple days ago on one of the videos I was listening on Cornet, they were talking about the, um, I think it was the Junkyard Dog episode. Did you see the episode of Dark Side of the Ring? Uh, yeah, I did. With the fan who had, allegedly had a gun and was going to shoot uh, Michael Hayes? Yes. Yeah, I think he was talking about that, and he did talk about there were times where security were not wised up to things. This might have been one of the ones he was talking about. Maybe. He said sometimes they well, weren't wised up. or well, especially, in, <laughs> especially in NWA. Yeah, I could see that. In Altoona. But Dude, finally, WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, that stupid uh, guard. Stopped Gronk from getting in the ring, remember? <laughs> yeah. This stuff still I, happens. It's not like it doesn't ever happen now. But. Yep. Well, finally, he was kicked out, but then some other fans called the police and reported what happened, Some triggered, or which triggered a circus in the parking lot with multiple cop cars looking for Cornette. By the morning in the papers, the story had morphed into Cornette attacking the guy unprovoked until he collapsed in the hallway and had to be taken to the hospital. Yeah, the gift from Kentucky is the one the cops are all looking for. Him. He's hard yeah. to get. He's a slippery well, little bastard. Exactly. Well, the next day, the police came looking for Cornette and instead found Tom Zank and Al Green, which resulted in the cops questioning Zank about whether he was Cornette. You think uh, Cornette looked like that? Yeah. Uh, they see Tom Zank and they're like, are you Jim Cornette? Like, uh, no. Uh, are you sure? Pretty sure. What the hell? They don't even know what he looks like? Then how can they be looking for him? Oh, here it is. White guy with tennis racket. That narrows it down. Yeah. Uh, he's about six foot, uh, or, you know, or between 5'10 and six foot. Wears glasses, brightly colored jackets. Looks like he's a little light in his loafers. Carries a tennis racket. Has a Mickey, has a voice that sounds like Mickey Mouse was raised in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Good grief. No, Tom Zank and Al Green. Literally the polar opposites of what I saw Al Green. I would I would just think of Jim Cornette for sure. Oh, yeah, sure. The only way you could get more opposite is if they were black. (laughs) Or if it was Andre the Giant. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) You see Ron Simmons is like, are you Sting? (laughs) Oh, no. People people might get that joke if you go back and listen to Halloween Havoc. Was it 97? Uh yeah, age in the cage. Yeah, <laughs> one of one of the Sting impersonators was black, and they were pretending like any of these guys could be Sting. <sighs> That's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, African American guy. That might be Steve Borden. Yeah, right. Like, no, we know he doesn't tan, so that can't be him. <laughs> oh well, exactly. Well, you know, you know what the cops said when they showed up to look for Jim Cornette. Who are all these fucking people? <laughs> No, that last part was a slip, but it plays. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But then, uh, but then, you know, they show up and they question everybody and they tell the cops, You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> I'm anyway. surprised the fans weren't, like, fingering the, the heel out. That's him right there. Yeah, right. 
uh, this next one, we're getting into the, the indies here, but... Uh, or, I well, thought we were already on the indies. Wow. Uh, I've got one more WCW story, actually. Uh, I forgot about this one. So, this is a, a positive one, but WCW actually agreed to pay Robert Gibson's medical expenses, even though he's not under contract, so he won't have to travel city to city with Ricky Morton just to make ends meet. Ricky Robert! Oh, this, this must have been the catalyst uh Richard Morton. Uh, I believe so, because they, they talk on the show about how uh, Robert Gibson's knee is, like, destroyed. Because I we reviewed the show, don't ask me which one it was, where he comes back and he's feuding with Ricky for a hot minute, and they have kind of a, a lame-ass match. You remember that? I do remember that. I don't know what show it was, though. Yeah, something now in the archives. We, look, guys, we're three years into this thing, so <laughs> it happens. But it's also not big enough to remember. So sorry. Yeah, right. The match sucked. If it was great, we might remember it. But it was a lame feud. It was a, that nobody wanted to see. Like, it was one of them things where it's like on paper, it sounds like it could be interesting. And then like in practice, it just sucked a high hard one. Oh, flatter than a plate full of pants. Another cornetism. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, getting into the indies here. This this one will age well. Bill Dundee's 19-year-old son, Jamie, is working some shows in Memphis now. How the hell does that age well? <laughs> PG-13, man. The greatest African-American tag team of all time. <laughs> Someone's going to shoot you for that. <laughs> well, uh, hey, I'll give my P.O. Box address, and you all can send your tersely worded letters written in purple crayon. Wow, they sucked, man. <laughs> Like, How there was, dare you? There was nothing redeeming about PG-13 whatsoever. Dude, they wrapped Nation of Domination to the ring. How dare you? I, I don't even know you anymore. One of them, I, I can't remember. <laughs> it was it was Jamie Dundee, and who was the other one? J.C. Ice, was it? Well, one of them. Wolfie, Wolfie D and J.C. Ice. I don't know which one was which. Yeah. Okay, so I, yeah, Wolfie D was the other one. Okay, so Wolfie D was the one that went on to be Slash in TNA for a minute. Another name I don't know how he got away with, but I feel like but, that name's on like lock, man. That's like trying to steal Mario or Mickey Mouse. Yeah, anything involving guns and roses, like do not touch ever. <laughs> but somehow he got away with uh, we mean that a couple slash. of days by the way. Yeah, right. Uh, it should be noted that although I'm today's years old finding out about this that uh, Chris Champion has not been fired by Jerry Jarrett for his multiple sex offense charges, but he, has, but he has dropped the Ninja, the Ninja Turtle gimmick and is just playing Chris Champion again. Oh, well, at least he's not Why? imitating did a he turtle. Commit, did, he, did, he commit, did he commit the sex crime in the uh, turtle suit? Or what? That's why they got rid of that? <laughs> Maybe, like, what were the sex crimes? Like, is it worse that you're dressing up like a kid's, like, mascot or something like that? Yeah, okay. like, <laughs> Well, Chris, huh? Well, you know, I'm not going to fire you, but yeah, well, you know, maybe not wear the turtle suit, huh? Well, you know, like turtle soup, turtle salad. Yeah, right. <laughs> God, what the hell? If anybody knows anything about this, please let me know. I'm honestly curious. I've never heard about Chris Champion being a creep, but this is the second time we mentioned him, like in the past couple of weeks, I think, on the show, on um, one of right. his other gimmicks. He's always in the news and like not for good stuff. Like, this is the, I will say, bar or, It's not necessarily bad, but it can always be something stupid, too. Well, it's always something, like, pathetic. Like, negative. oh, he's... Yeah. Something yeah, negative. Like, 
And it's like, oh, he's out of the wrestling industry. He's not doing anything big. Now he's doing like kids' birthday parties, which is literally a joke in Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> so, like, oh, man. I think he's a former Olympian, too. So it's just like, good Lord, man. I'm going to go up to him like that kid say, you know, my dad says you're full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my dad says you don't know real karate. <laughs> but their uh, last story here. There's still no TV for Kevin Von Erich's promotion with crowds hanging at 175 fans per show. Ouch. Bro, just pack it in, man. Is this WCCW or? Uh, they've renamed it at least twice since that name. But I know it was a WCWA at one point. Maybe it was. Still that? I don't know. They called it something Isn't that else. WCW Canada? Uh, oh, my God. It took me a second. <laughs> you got it. It was like a yeah. death charge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That uh, It was WCWA there for a little while. I, I remember they were still WCCW, but they were calling their titles the WCWA titles. I'm like, you guys are so confusing. Like, what the hell are you? But I don't know. Maybe so was that uh, show over on Turner WCWB? Yes. Maybe he should have, and I'm not joking about that. Maybe he should have taken his talents to Israel and held shows over there. I don't know. For people that don't know, the Von Erichs were apparently huge in Israel, which is weird because Von Erich, even though it's not their real last name, Von Erich is a German name. And, uh, well, there's a little thing between Germans and uh, Jewish people that, you know, they they didn't get along for a long time. The Von Erich's Jewish? Uh, I don't think so. Because the I think real... the word Vaughn has been no, been linked to Judaism, I believe. So, Well, Von Erich is just flat out German, but their real last name was Adkins. I, I don't I don't know that one. Like, I have no idea what religion or lack thereof they were, but yeah, either way. Well, I, I don't know, but yeah, I've heard Vaughn for Jewish people before. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, the reason I they... in high school his last name was Von Braun. He was Jewish, so. Huh. Well, I mean, yeah, there were German Jews, I guess. Um, but that was the whole thing. The the reason their gimmick name was Von Erich was because Fritz started as a Nazi character. So Good lord! Did you know that. that? Yeah. No, I did, yeah. but I just forgot about it. Fritz and Waldo Von Erich. Yeah, Fritz and Waldo Von Erich started as like Nazis, and then like. He slowly morphed into, look, I'm not really German. I'm not really a Nazi, I, you know, and and he just turned into like a big Texas hero. Like, what the? That's a hell of a 180, man. Because if there's one state in our union that's, you know, OK with Nazis, it's Texas. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sure Germans love the Texas climate. <sighs> anyway, sure those proud Texans are OK with someone being Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, my grandpappy died fighting y'all. Guarantee that's what they would say. But anyway, my grandpappy take... didn't die fighting. He did fight him. But... Yeah, right. But we're going to take our next break. On the other side of this, we're diving into the event at hand. Are you ready, Greg? I kind of am. All right. Well, we're about to get all spooky-like and dive into Halloween Havoc right for this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. 
Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Muddy 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUp Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. And we're back. We're back. It's WCW Halloween Havoc 1990. The date October 27th, 1990. The tagline terror rules the ring. The venue is the UIC pavilion in Chicago, Illinois. We're not quite Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc in Las Vegas yet. Yeah, right. This was... I don't remember if the if Halloween Havoc 89 took place there. Off the top of my head. Um, let's see. Uh, who cares? Save you some time. I, oh, no, the last one, the first one took place in Philadelphia. So, Oh, man. That's Philadelphia. Territory. That's weird. Yeah. Was well, it the Chicago- section? Uh, and it was the Philadelphia. Let me see. What was it? Of course, it wasn't special. That's WWE territory for sure. <laughs> Philadelphia Civic Center. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to visit the Spectrum next year, but apparently it's torn down. I didn't know that. Huh. Wow. So I'll never get to see that or the Omni. Yep. Or the uh, yeah, Sky, or not Sky Dome, the Silver Dome. Never get to see that one either. But the UIC Pavilion was. They. WCW really tried to, when they got out of the South, they really tried to go there like decent amount of times for big shows. But the thing is, like this one wasn't too bad, but there were a few times they went there and they made some dumbass booking decisions that it was like when you're trying to convince this new crowd to come back and see you again, you should probably give them what they want to see. Not I'll teach you I'll teach you to come to our shows. Yeah, right. <laughs> The worst one was when they had that, uh, it was uh, Tully and Arn defending the tag titles against the the Road Warriors, and they did that effing dusty finish. Like that, I can't remember what show that was at, but that was a, a big one that damn near killed the town for them. They said after that, for the longest time, Chicago crowd sucked. But either way, uh, the attendance was a sellout of 8,000. The buy rate was 1.33. I didn't see how, like, how many people that was. And you said you did watch this one live? 
I did at uh, my dad's friend's house. He took us over there to watch it. Ah, nice. Oh, I'm sure you were happy getting to see uh, Sting and Sid in the main event. That's why I wanted to go, because it was Sting. But, uh, Sting! I'll never forget. I was like six years old, and then the guy's wife came home from work, and I'm sitting there talking about it. She was getting mags all spoiling it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So you sucked then. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really realize it at the time. but uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but uh, after the opening cartoon video going through some like haunted mansion, we go to commentary where Jim Ross is dressed like a gangster and Pauly Dangerously is dressed like a vampire. It's uh, a little ironic that the guy from New York didn't dress like the gangster, but, you know, whatever. My Jewish father think? lawyer would approve of that. Sorry. Well, you think his name was Pauly Dangerously and he got the name from Johnny Dangerously, the movie, and he was a gangster in the movie. So that would have been perfect. Anyway, they said I'm going to go ahead and say you're probably right. I have no idea what the hell that is. So. It was a Michael Keaton movie. I I had heard of it. I've only seen like bits and pieces. It was like one of those like you said you didn't like movies like Naked Gun and stuff like that. So you would you'd hate Johnny Dangerously. It was like one of those stupid comedies. Uh, Got but it was it. like it was like a gangster movie, stupid comedy. And it was like one of Michael Keaton's things. And somebody looked at Paul like Paul Heyman one day back when he was young, skinny, and had long hair, and they were like, oh, you kind of look like uh, Michael Keaton. And he just took the move, or he took the name. So, weird fact of the day. There you go. We're educational here on this podcast. I like to think yeah. so. Yeah. But anyway, they sent it to the stage with Tony Skeevone, where he's dressed like the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Good yeah, God. if you've ever watched any kind of wrestling recap, you've seen this a million times. They've showed it everywhere. Yep. I feel like he wore this outfit like three years Am I wrong? Like, do you, do you uh, think that? Yeah, I feel like I've seen it a hundred times too. But this is the this one shot right here is the famous one. Yeah, it's like um, on Parks and Rec where they uh, Ron Swanson walks in dressed like a pirate, and they're like, "Didn't you wear that outfit last year?" And he's like, "Yes, this is my Halloween costume." <laughs> but I mean, anyway. it's right there in the name. Yeah, right. But he's standing by with Ricky Morton and Tommy Rich. So Morton has his hair pulled Wildfire, back. Wildfire, Tommy Rich. Wildfire. Somebody say something about fired up. <laughs> but Ricky Morton had his hair pulled back in a ponytail, and he's got a mullet, obviously. I thought he chopped that thing off. I was about to start throwing furniture. I'm like, I don't think Wait, he would. What? No, I, I don't think he would either. He still has it in 2023. Yep. Good God, man. Every, it, is, literally, it is thin as hell, but he still has it. <laughs> literally everybody on Earth has given up except for him. He's like, I'm holding on to this mullet till the day I'm in the dirt. <laughs> praise hell, praise Dale. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, and he's Southern, so you know he says that. But anyway, Rich popped me because in it, he started his promo with the words, Did somebody say something about? <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah, I swear to get, go back and listen. He's like, somebody say something about, like, something or other. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, he says that. <laughs> I thought Pritchard made it up. <laughs> okay, cool. But uh, anyway, so the ring apron is like a dark red, and the ropes are orange. This is a weird look. <laughs> I, I'm like, okay. But we get our first match of the night. It is... Rich, uh, Ricky Morton and Wildfire Tommy Rich taking on the Midnight Express of beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan with Jim Cornette in their corner. This goes just shy of 21 minutes. 
Is it just me, or did commentary sound like either angry or bored? Bored for sure. Yeah, they were completely out of it. Yeah, and this is like the start of the show. This isn't like they were like deep into the show or anything, but like they sounded like they were just like having a conversation over coffee. Like they sounded bored as hell, man. Like, damn. Uh, But the Midnights actually hit the rocket launcher onto Gibson on the entry aisle. Cornette obviously gets involved a few times. When Rich fires up after a hot tag, somebody say something about fired up. Uh, Cornette blasts him off the top rope with a racket behind the referee's back. However, the Midnights and Cornette get distracted because the Southern boys come out dressed like Jim Cornette crossed with Pee Wee Herman, mocking him. Yeah, it worked. Though. So, so, it was a little funny, but I'm like, good Lord. They almost um, they had glasses like, uh, oh, well, like Bubba Ray Dudley, I, I guess. But behind the referee's back, Tommy Rich then blasts Sweet Stan Lane in the face. In the face. In the face. In the face. <laughs> With uh, Jim Cornette's racket to win. Uncle Dave said, Eaton was awesome. The rest were merely very good. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it three and a half stars. I gave it three. What say you? I gave it two. It was okay. I will say this. You and I talked about we do not like Tommy Rich. We don't see the appeal. All of his matches are bland and boring. This was not bad. Like, when he's getting the hot tag and coming in and doing a couple moves, he's, he's fine. Uh, solo? I'm good. The fact, no that he's a for, the fact that he's a former NWA champion just makes me like, huh? But, I don't know, you could throw him in that bucket with uh, Ron Garvin, I guess. But we go back to Tony Schiavone on the stage. As soon as Sting walks up for the interviews, uh, the babies hit the roof and the ovation is deafening. So I had to cue this up. Sting's promo, man. I've got some audio because what I can say about it won't do it justice. Here you go. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know what to say about that. And then he looks at Tony Schiavone and points at him and goes, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I wish I did. Uh, sure. But um, that wasn't the worst part of this segment, Greg. Uh, because he also reminds us, like I said, that Black Scorpion's coming after him. Schiavone reminds Sting of how big and vicious that Sid is, but Sting says that he's fired up and ready to go. Mid-promo, some guy in all black, who we know to be the Black Scorpion, tells Sting that he wants to show Sting some of his black magic. Oh, that, that's racist. Anyway. That's uh, a Santana song. <laughs> uh, well, he takes some random woman behind a curtain on a box on the stage. Well, that's his black oh, magic God. woman, Greg. Uh, anyway, uh, when Sting runs up to the box, the curtain drops, Pyro blows up, and both the Black Scorpion and the woman are gone. Cool. So the Black Scorpion is Chris Angel. Got it. But somehow lamer. <laughs> is that fair to say? I always thought his match would be fun, so I don't know. Who, uh, Chris Angel or the Black Scorpion? Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I used to watch Chris Angel back in the day, but yeah, the 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 Black Scorpion man. That's uh good stuff right there. We go when we go back to, when we go back to commentary, Paul E is like tripping over himself trying to put this thing over, sounding shocked and confused. What what well, he was in the box and I, and now he's gone. What what? Well, why would he be gone? If he didn't come out of the box, he's never gonna be over. Yeah, well, he didn't come out of the box, therefore he's not over. That's how it works, Greg. If you stay in the box or you disappear in said box, you're not over. God, get with it. Anyway. My mistake. Uh, speaking of not over, up next, it is the Renegade Warriors of Chris and Mark Youngblood, who look like uh, the Young Bucks got some of their gear inspiration from. <laughs> <laughs> They're taking on the fabulous Freebirds of Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam they, 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 Garvin. They've also got... And unfortunately, the fans aren't chanting the F-bomb at them. Yeah, right. You know, the bundle of sticks words, everybody. Well, they're in Chicago. They're a little bit more progressive, Greg. Clearly. But, yeah. Where was that at? I believe that was Baltimore. Was it Baltimore? Might have been. I, it was a WCW show, so I think it's a fair guess. <laughs> yeah, 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 you wouldn't you wouldn't be far off, uh, or you wouldn't be out of line for guessing that. But uh, yeah, they uh, chanted the bundle of sticks words at it or at the the, the Freebirds, and they zoomed in on the fans chanting it. So they made so sure no, you heard it. No plausible deniability at all. <laughs> yep. Uh, but in the corner of the fr- fabulous Freebirds, they have little Richard Marley. Right. <laughs> but uh yeah uh this goes 17 and a half minutes apparently little richard marley is some undercard black wrestler named rocky something did he, you catch it rocky some some i did rocky not king i think it was rocky king i but, just couldn't stop thinking about how you're gonna have fun with calling him richard <laughs> yeah little dick marley but anyway that's a terrible name <laughs> Well, he's black, so we got to combine two black people, uh, Little Richard and, and, and Bob Marley. Perfect. Because, you know, they're similar, other than, you know, their skin color. <sighs> Yikes. But anyway, this goes for about 17 and a half minutes. The crowd dislikes the Renegade Warriors so much that they actually chant for the DDT a few times. <laughs> the Freebirds are mega heels, by the way. Just putting that out there. So they hate the Renegade Warriors so much, they just want to see the Mega Heels destroy them in the ring. In the end, Little Richard Marley distracts the ref, and one of the Youngbloods, I can't tell them apart, uh, and the other one gets Jimmy Garvin in an O'Connor roll. Michael Hayes drops him with a DDT, and Jimmy Jam pins him to win. Yeah. Uncle Dave said this was roughly 20 minutes longer than they should have been out there for. Uh, keep in oh, mind, this only went, yeah, keep in mind, this was only 17 and a half minutes. So he's saying they should have never been out there. Uh, and then he said it was painful enough watching it. So he won't make us suffer through reading about it as well. God, uh, Garvin had a bad knee, but he's not sure what the excuse is for the other three. God dang, Dave. <laughs> he gives it negative two stars. Oh, man, I gave it a star and a half. What's I, I gave it one. This is. Blah. This sucked so much ass. All the ass. 
And it wasn't even like, uh, as Al Pacino would say, great ass. This was, it sucked badass. But up next, Tony Schiavone is on the stage with three out of the four horsemen. It's Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Sid Vicious. Arn tells, well, and Arn starts his promo by reminding us that Tony Schiavone could shampoo a water buffalo. <laughs> if nobody gets it, it's it's a it's dirty. I'll just say that. Call it any window. Yeah, let's say he has an he has enough of a certain bodily fluid to shampoo a water buffalo. And he says that because he's got like seven kids. <sighs> anyway, Arn tells Doom to be there and to be all the men that they can be. But he doesn't blame them if they duck out the back door. I didn't realize I was setting up for what's about to happen in their match, by the way. But yep. Flair, Flair says tonight. Right. Yeah, right. Flair says tonight they're going to take the tag titles and watch Sid take the world title. Sid then shouts and yells. There's no and, way Flair meant that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, Sid shouts and yells about softball and sting and wraps us up, whatever. <laughs> Tells us that he's got half the brain that we do and whatever. And he's from Arkansas, so he's probably right. But regardless. Oh, wow. Oh, come on. Send your tweets to at me to marks. <laughs> I On this podcast, let's keep a tab running. I said that Canadians all go to hell and that Arkansas, people from Arkansas have half a brain. Uh, and I hate me. I like how you're just reminding him, by the way, in case they might have forgotten. Yeah, I'll keep an, I'm keeping a running tab. Gosh. Uh, speaking of me hating Michigan, up next, it is the Steiner brothers. Yeah, Rick go blue. Scott Steiner. Uh, blue as in B-L-E-W. Go blue it out their ass. They're taking on the nasty boys of Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags. Looking awfully svelte tonight, by the way. <laughs> Look, Hard to believe boys... in a couple months these guys are going to be at WrestleMania winning the tag titles. Yeah. Let's think about that. Let that sink in for a minute. And weird. Both of these teams are going to WWF here soon. <laughs> Nuts. Uh, and by the way, I, I know I said they're looking felt by Nasty Boys standards. They kind of are. Well, this, is the, this is for the NWA United States tag titles, so not the world tag titles. That's odd I, for these teams. I don't know why like, they, they had to have multiple tag titles. Uh, like, at least in WWE, they have brands. This is all the same show. Yeah, right. Well, it's kind of the same idea as like the United States heavyweight title. Like it was like, oh, if you win that title, then you're next in line for the world tag titles. But uh, at the same time, I don't know about that because like the Midnights never like they held the U.S. tag titles forever. They only got like what one run with the world tag titles. Past I that, don't they, remember that. So yeah, they beat Arn and Tully for him, and they. And they feuded with them for a little bit, and that was it. And then Arn Tully left to the to go to the WWF, and I remember Cornette was bitching about that. He was like, "Oh, we were making more money than ever with them, and then they had to go to the WWF, and we we were screwed." It's like, yeah. but he said he was happy for them. He was just sad for his own pocketbook. And wouldn't you be? Yep. Yeah, I don't give a crap about their pocketbooks. Like, what about me? But uh, we get a jump start as soon as the Steiners get in the ring. Look, this is because weird of course, say, right? This is weird to say about a Nasty Boys match, but I'm going to be honest when I say this is my favorite match of the night. Like, and it's not because the bar was really low, but this was an actually good match. I was but, shocked at the rating I gave it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, the crowd is electric for this just from Jump Street. Like, they're on their feet throughout most of this match. Uh, this is definitely my favorite Nasty one of my favorite Nasty Boys matches ever. And that's it's not yeah, a crowded that, field. That bar is... Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. It's not a crowded field, but it's there. But the Nasties hit a spike pile driver on Scott, but the ref won't count the pin until Brian Nobbs gets out of the ring. Stupid. Uh, this distracts the ref so that Rick can hit Sags with a chair, you know, like a real baby face. Now, the match goes on for a while longer, though. In the end, the crowd gets on their feet as Scott goes for the Frankensteiner. Brian Nobbs can't go with it, though, so he lands on his damn head. I was so shocked he couldn't go with it. Because he's usually (laughs) very athletic. Yeah, right. Like, you expect that, like, dude, aren't you out there, like, hitting, like, cutting 450s off the top and moonsaults or whatever? Like, what, you can't get over for the Frankensteiner? What the hell's wrong with you, man? (laughs) Anyway... The Steiners then pinned the Nasty Boys to win. Uncle Dave said that Scott Steiner stole the entire pay-per-view here, and he thinks that they should make him the world champion as fast as humanly possible. I can't argue with Dave right here. Like, Scott was one of, one of the most exciting guys they had in the entire promotion right now. Like, do you disagree? Nope. I think he should Makes you been. wonder if this is what they were seeing in WWE when they talked to WrestleMania 9. Yeah, right. Uh, and according to Bruce Pritchard, they... They talked to them. They were like, we would like to split you guys up. And they wanted to make Scott Steiner their guy. And they said, oh, no, we, we don't want to split up. We, we want to be singles or we want to be a, a tag team. It's like, what, what, what the frick, man? This is like the second time within less than a decade. They're like, we want to do this with you. And then we're going to push you to the moon and make you the guy. And somebody said, and, and somebody said, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, first was Sid Vicious. Or it's justice, whatever. Like, oh, we want to turn you babyface and make you the next Hulk. Ah, I really want to be a heel. Yeah, but we want you to be our top babyface and the next Hulk Hogan. Uh, I'm good. Like, I want to be a heel. That plays into the, I have, a ha- I have half the brain you do. I've never and been then, more convinced. Right. And now you got Scott Steiner. Like, look, I get the loyalty, or, the loyalty to your brother. But if that was me, I mean, sure, I'd be like, ah, it kind of sucks they're splitting us up. But it's like, if I was Rick, I'd be like, dude. Are you stupid? Go for it, man. Like, I'll be fine. Like, it's not like Rick has never been a singles wrestler Come in on that check. Yeah, right. It's like, as long as, I'd say, I'll be fine with it as long as you work in a feud where, like, I can turn heel and, like, go against him for the world title. That would draw some money, I would think. A little bit. Yeah, but, uh, you know, what the hell do I know? You know? Me, right? (laughs) (sighs) But anyway... Uh, also, the, just to wrap this up, they weren't allowed to blade, so Rick busted Sags open hard way with a chair shot. Yeah, that was rough. Was that hard? I didn't. I didn't know that. But yeah, I, I didn't know that one either. I just saw he was bleeding. I, I didn't catch the chair shot that busted him open. But but yeah, I guess bleeding was outlawed at this time. So that's why you didn't see a lot of blood on this card. But Uncle Dave actually gave this three and three quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. Let's say you. I gave it three. Really, really weird. Damn good match. I never saw a Nasty Boys match that I liked before. Yeah. I, I've Well, I'll, I've seen some matches. I'm not as big of a Nasty Boys critic, and I've, I've talked to Apron Bump about this, too. Uh, shout out to Kyle from Apron Bump. So I, I've told him, I said, you know what? I don't hate the Nasty Boys. Like, a lot of people crap on them, but I'm not going to say I love a lot of their matches. Like, that's insane. 
It's maybe the only one I've ever liked. <laughs> I've seen quite a few other... Well, I can't even say quite a few. I've, I've seen a handful of their matches that I thought were pretty decent. It, like, used in the right way, I don't think they're bad. But, I don't know. Like, if, if they're in, like, a brawl or something like that, like, the, they're okay. But, no. They need the right dance partner. Maybe it's, like, like you said about certain people, it's like, well, look who they're facing. It helps. Yep. But after the match, the Nasty Boys jump the Steiner brothers from behind, beating them down with their own titles. Jerry Sags tosses the referee aside and repeatedly throws a rip uh, through Rick Steiner into the ring post until Scott chases him away. So we get a jump start and an afterbirth. Hell yeah. <laughs> Some little Tony Khan smiling. Yeah, right. He's watching this show like, hell yeah, someday I'm going to do this. No, he's just sitting there like, let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Rick Steiner goes straight. He's got more oh. money than this promoter, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, not this promoter. At this point, they oh, sold right. to Turner. So. Not Crockett's right. <laughs> I got more money than Crockett, but I don't have his brain. Well, that's apparent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but both he and Crockett did let somebody named Rhodes book their shows. Well, at least parts of their shows. Either way. And then they uh, both Rick... failed on Vincent Man later. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Rick Steiner goes straight to the back. To the back. But Scott stops on the stage for an interview with Tony Schiavone. Scott says that he promised blood and guts and he delivered. Hey, another Tony Khan reference. There you go. Uh, Scott says that the Nasty Boys bit off more than they could chew. I don't think that's possible. And then... <laughs> I'm going to hell. <laughs> I just got uh, that. <laughs> but then Jerry Sags sneaks up behind, dressed like a concessions guy. So keep in yeah, mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, Greg, he'd have eaten it all. God. Again, I'm going to hell. Yeah, yeah, keep you in, are. Keep in mind, he ran to the back like a minute and a half, maybe two minutes before this. So this means he went to the back and had a beard and costume ready and waiting for him. (laughs) He changed and got his ass back out there quickly. So this was premeditated. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Can we give uh, Jerry Saxon credit for thinking? Yeah, right. Playing this all out. Like, I mean, it's not like an elaborate plan, but it's like more elaborate than it. It's like what really set it off was the Duck Dynasty beard. Good Lord. (laughs) But either way, he sneaks up behind Scott. Nobody questioned why a concession stand guy was up on the stage, by the way. Why would you? Oh, duh. He blasts Scott in the back with a popcorn tray before the nasties completely beat Scott down. Ryan Nobbs grabs a mic to say that this war isn't over. I will say this. The Nasty Boys were one of those teams that my dad loved growing like when I was growing up. So like it was one of, like I told you where he would always like play stuff up to me where I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. And then I'd see it and I'd be like, why did you like this? <laughs> that was like crap, them. dad. Yeah. Demolition was the only one that it stuck like it stuck with me. Uh. But they were they were another one. He played up like they were freaking like Herculean gods or something. And I saw him. I'm like, I really like him. But like, hot damn. <laughs> uh, either way, up next, speaking of Herculean gods, we've got Doom 
of Ron Simmons. And it's Butch the team Lee. of doom, yes, which I still exactly. don't mean. I still, I still don't know if they mean team of doom, like, you know, they're badass or they are doom. Yeah. Right. That can be taken a couple ways. Yep, exactly. But they are with Theodore R. Long and defending the NWA World Tag Team titles against the four horsemen of Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. This goes just shy of 18 and a half minutes. And I know what you're thinking. Ron Simmons and Butch Reed going almost 20 minutes? Sign me up. (laughs) Or, Uh, excuse me. Shut up and take my money. I'm down. But... One of these guys are going to be a real champion, by the way. Yeah, right. This was just a flat-out brawl through most of it. In the end, they all brawl outside of the ring and get a double count-out. Ric Flair and... uh, Or Flair and Anderson eventually leave through the crowd and head for the hills, you know, ducking out like what they told Doom to do. Uncle Dave said that it's sad to see Flair move down as he's losing all of his star aura already. Uh... I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Maybe. I mean, he is about to be out the door here before long. But yeah, he's going to go learn a new hole and come back. Exactly. Uh, win a new belt and come back. But he also said it was good, but not great. And they had already done a double count out on TV the week prior. Yeah, that sounds about right for WCW booking. Uh, he and I <laughs> he and I both gave this three stars, though. So let's say you. Uh, I, I wiggle between two and three. I think I settled on two. Yeah, not bad. It was it was okay. Not the greatest Ric Flair Arn Anderson match I've ever seen. I'll say that. But we now go to pre-recorded comments of Stan Hansen holding a pumpkin and spitting tobacco while he talks. He ends a up tiny spit- wanger. He spits tobacco on the pumpkin. Says that he's going to take Lex's title all the way back to Texas. Youth. <laughs> He's got a big fat wife and a bunch of kids to feed. Actual line from a promo, by the way. I'm not saying that to be insulting. <laughs> and he never mentioned the double wide. <laughs> exactly. Maybe I can get myself a triple wide if I win this title. But we now go to Alex Luger defending the NWA United States heavyweight title. If you all didn't know, Stan Hansen is very white. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Lex is defending the U.S. title against Stan Hansen. In nine and a half minutes, on Hanson's way to the ring, he destroys decorations on the stage. Cool. Fans absolutely blew their load for Lex Luger, and Pyro no, blows. No, cares about him. Oh yeah, my bad. My ear. Who are you gonna believe? The dirt sheets or your lion ears? <laughs> but uh, on his way to the Stupid. ring, Pyro's blowing in the rafters. That's pretty cool. In the corner, the referee tries to get Hanson to back up, and Hanson backhands him down. Dan Spivey, of all people, now comes out and tosses uh, Hanson's bullet. That's dangerous rope. Danny Spivey. Oh, yeah. That effing mullet, that's, man. That's the government name they gave him on the show, if you heard him. Yep. But he comes out, and he tosses a bull rope and cowbell into the ring, and uh, but Luger takes Hanson out before he can use it. Luger finally runs against the ropes, comes back, and... They called it a lariat, but it was like a flying forearm almost from Hanson, who then pins Lex. I thought he messed up, honestly. I don't know if that was on purpose. Yeah, right. He <laughs> pins Lex to win. Uh, this went over like a fart in church, man. Nobody gave <laughs> a damn. Uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave this dose and a half. What say you? I gave it two. I was into it at first, and then just kind of faded away. 
Yeah, I'm like, damn, I don't know, man. Stan Hansen's okay, and Lex Luger needs a good dance partner. This is just a weird matchup, and it's not like the first time we've seen this either, I feel. Well, I never thought he was that great, honestly, but that's just me. I'm talking about Hansen. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. It was funny that uh, Lex Luger's wearing his, his uh, orange tights here for Halloween Havoc. So, uh, you know, he, he uh, color-coordinated <laughs> I respect that. Yeah, right. But on the stage, Tony Schiavone is standing by with Theodore R. Long, who's holding the world tag titles. Long says that homie don't holla, holla, that. Holla. I, I like how he ripped off homie the clown here, by the way. Yeah. Um, what, was, in, was in living color on at this time or did he start? I that? think it just started. OK, so it must have been like the hot new thing on TV. Oh, it was. Yeah. Well, you know, all those uh Southern Hicks watching WCW didn't know what the hell it was. But (laughs) (laughs) anyway, he says they prove that Doom is the greatest tag team in the world and they'll never wrestle the horsemen again. Uh, I don't know if they do. I'm going to assume maybe. I'm pretty sure they do at some point. I think um, I'm in Doom and Arn and Roma, maybe. Or were they already broke up by then? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We now go back to commentary where they're joined by Missy Hyatt and Paul E. is on a phone call. That doesn't go anywhere, by the way. But Remember when Missy said, Hyatt was all the way live? Hell yeah. Uh, but now she's all the way plastic. But Missy says that she predicts that Sid will beat Sting tonight. And after what the Black Scorpion has done to Sting's mind, it'll be easy. If anyone knows about being easy. Wow, I didn't say it. <laughs> Oh, man. I'll take the heat on that one. Uh, Anyway, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're diving into the main event. It's for the NWA title. Big gold right after this. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now back to the show. And we're back. We're back. It's Sting defending the NWA World Heavyweight title against Sid Vicious. Those 12 and a half minutes. Sid is announced as being from anywhere he darn well pleases. 
Did you Hailing that? from the closest softball field. Right. Uh, hailing from Screw Your Cousin Arkansas. Wow. <laughs> I joke. Good joke lord. Joke or not, you're in trouble. Yeah. But they battle up the aisle at one point just so that Sting can do that running dive over the top rope onto Sid in the ring. Later, Ric Flair and Art Anderson walk to the ring as Sting and Sid fight to the backstage area. Sid and Sting now come back to the ring, and Sting goes for a body slam on Sid, but Sid falls, uh, uh, or, but Sid falls on top of Sting and pins him to win. From the angle that they're shooting, uh, if you're not looking close enough, this appears to be Sting. Upon further investigation, he didn't have that sweet, sweet rat tail. So it clearly wasn't him, and it was actually Barry Windham. By the way, Wouldn't he, like make a return here or something. Maybe. My thing here, like, I just now thought of this. How did he know what tights Sting was going to be wearing that night and then get replicas? Why don't you just shut up and go with it? (laughs) How dare I, you know? Me, right? (laughs) But anyway. Sid is announced as as the new champion. Pyro lights off and balloons fall from the rafters as the real Sting comes out from the back. Ropes tied around his wrists. The real Sting ends up hitting a stinger splash in the corner on Sid, rolling him up, winning, or excuse me, retaining the world title. Uncle Dave said that Sid was the clear babyface here, but the match stunk for a main event. I, I don't know, they were cheering for... Uh, Sting as well, but they did blow when he was announced as the world champion. So I'm like, what the frick? It was a charming son bitch, man. I guess so. What like Sid was just over everywhere all the time. He's had a he's had a an it factor. I guess so. Uh, Uncle Dave also said Sid can't work, but he looks phenomenal standing still. <laughs> he's out of line, but he's right. Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, not, uh, it's kind of hard to argue, but I don't think he was terrible. He wasn't great. Uncle Dave gave this a star and a half. I give it deuce. What say you? I gave it two. Yeah, it was fine. Jim Ross talks to Sting before the end of the show. Sting says that he doesn't know what's going on with the Black Scorpion and the Four Horsemen, but he'll always be around to defend his world title. Pyro keeps lighting off all over the place. As Polly dangerously throws a fit on commentary. Man, you would have thought that. Trying to figure out why, because I know they're his guys. Yeah, right. You would have thought that Jey Uso just turned on Roman Reigns. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you've done. (laughs) Well, remember, he's the Juso. (laughs) That one really popped the hell out of me. Yeah, when you told me that, I was like, oh my lord. Juso. <laughs> but that takes us to the end of the show. On the other side of this next and final break, we're going to tell you final ratings and what's coming up next week on the podcast. Follow the main event marks on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. 
your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go there. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, hey, 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 it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slowly, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Now, back to the show. And we're back. We're back. Internet Movie Database gives this uh, 6.4 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 5.84 out of 10. I did not think it was that bad. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10 for, I don't know, C minus, D plus, somewhere in there. About what I gave us at C plus. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll say I'll, a C. I'll, I'll give it a C. It was it was pretty good. I did Again, I didn't hate watching this. So, it was it was I. It really took me for back. That's, that's part of what I like, usually. Yeah, right. It's like, if, if I don't hate watching it, I'll give it a decent grade, even if it's not the greatest thing ever put on pay-per-view, you know? But that takes us to the end of yet another show, man. Another so one it can't all can. be SummerSlam 2002, right? Yeah, right. Uh, which is now in the archives, by the way. Throwing that out there for y'all. Next week, going to the WWF in a uh, more heated era of, uh, of wrestling. We are going to the year 1997 for WWF Bad Blood in Your House. It's the very first ever Hell in a Cell match. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Kane debuts. Big stuff happening. Go yeah, right. They'll just drop out and go into politics. You know, it was crazy when, watch, when I was watching the show back, I realized, man, like Bret Hart's about to be involved in the biggest thing in wrestling history, probably. That's not Hogan and Andre the Giant. And like it wasn't even the main event of this show. He was just like a he was just on the show. Did you realize that? Uh, what what are you referring to? Like what he's involved in? Uh, screw job. Oh, like, yeah. It's about to it's about to come up, and on this right, show, he's just okay. like in a throwaway tag match, and he's a world champion. Now I, I would, will agree that Hell in a Cell is a bigger deal. I, I'm not I'm not arguing that. I'm just right. saying it's kind of funny that the world champion is just in the whatever. There were times where they treated him like the guy, and other times where they treated him like the uh, like second fiddle. Like, I don't get it. Like they that's, were never. That seemed to be a theme with him too, because you can supply the WCW room too. I feel like there was never any consistency with Brett's booking. It was really weird. Like when Shawn Michaels was the world champion, I don't think they ever treated him like second fiddle. But when Brett was the world champion. Sometimes they made it clear. It's like, no, he's number one. He's the guy. Main events, big matches, uh, public appearances. No wonder why CM Punk idolizes him. Yeah. And then other times it was like, uh, yeah, you know what? We're doing something with Sean right now. So take a back seat. It was weird. Put you with the anvil again. <laughs> yeah. Put you with the rhino. That big bastard. Anyway, that uh, that is next week. 
And yeah, and then we've got another Halloween Havoc coming up here soon. Uh, it's going to be at the end of the month. So we're bookending October with Halloween Havocs. The next one we're covering, I don't know. I, I know, obviously, there's one specific match on the show that's a travesty. The rest of the show, I don't know if it's any good or not. I find it very correctly it was okay. I haven't watched that one yet. I just finished Bad Blood, so. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching all these shows this month. Even the so-so ones, I'm looking forward to watching them. So, it is what it is. The most current thing we have on the docket this month is from 2013, by the way. So, you guys get uh, a lot of retro, which is uh, what we specialize in. Which is what our thing is. Exactly. Uh, evergreen, if you... And you guys like our thing, right? Yeah, right. You like to watch. Get a t-shirt. <laughs> it, has a, it has a VHS tape on it. It says, I like to watch. Ask Ronnie about that. I even respond to one of his tweets with that. And just promote everywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, thanks for doing this to me. Oh, uh, I, I didn't hate it. Yeah, I was going to say, I've subjected you to far worse, all right? Well, this was not bad. <laughs> we'll catch you all next week with the very first ever Hell in a Cell at WWF Bad Blood in your house. Yeah.